Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Crossroads Community Church. It's so good to have you here today, and it is my honor to be able to share with you again this morning. Welcome again to Joel's Garage as we come together here. And, you know, we got to change the name if this goes on much longer. We're going to call it the garage. We may need to change the church to that. And so uh, welcome to the garage. Actually, I think that's pretty cool. There's some people who want to go to the garage. We could get some things out of that along the way. What are you going to do Sunday morning? I want to go park at the garage. So we've got all kinds of things we could do with that. But it's good to have you here today, and I welcome you. Over the last few weeks, we have been going through the series on breakthrough. And Pastor Joel has done some fantastic teaching on that. Last week, I, a couple of weeks ago, I introduced uh, uh, some concepts about breakthrough and maintaining it. This morning, I want to go beyond that and, and build on that a little bit more to help us understand how to maintain the breakthrough that we have in our lives once we get it. Because once we get it, sometimes we think, ah, I got it. All right, this is cool. I'm, I'm really good. And it's not really that simple. There's a whole lot more involved. And so I want us to be able to not only maintain the breakthroughs that we get into our that we get in our lives. I want us to be able to grow from our breakthroughs and grow in our breakthroughs that we have that have come in our lives. So we need to know and work through just what to do. So I'm going to give you three things here. First of all, that will help you understand what your breakthrough is, and then we'll get into the message. So first of all, your breakthrough is not just for you. We need to remember the breakthrough is not just for us. Anything that God does, he works and he pours into our lives so that we've got it now in us. That's great. But it's not for us to go, oh, look what I got. I got this from God in my life and I'm so happy and I'm so proud, but I'm going to hang on to it and keep it here. No, no, it doesn't work like that. One of the very important principles of God's word is that everything that God wants to pour into us, he wants us to, he wants to flow through us. So whatever God gives to you is meant to be input into somebody else as well. So your breakthrough is not just for you. That's why it's more important to, for each of us to get our breakthroughs than what we may realize. We need to be able to break through in our lives and the things in the areas where we are struggling and we need to find the answers because it's not just about us. It's about being able to impact other people for the kingdom of God. So it's not just about us. That's number one. Number two is that the enemy is going to try and steal your breakthrough. Now, I know I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but we need to remind ourselves that this is what the reality is as we are going through with breakthroughs in our lives. The first thing the enemy is going to try and do, and we have a very real enemy and his name is Satan. He will come to you and he will try to steal it from you and make you think that God never got, never gave you a breakthrough that you never had the breakthrough in your life, and he wants you to say it doesn't work, the Christianity thing doesn't work, and he wants to stop the breakthrough in you. So he's going to try and steal that from you. And if he steals it from you, then again, you have nothing to be able to share out from the, to the other people around you. You don't have that flow that God wants us to have in our lives, which is so essential and important for us. We need to remember who our enemy is. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 12, it says, we battle not against flesh and blood, but against the spiritual realms, the forces of evil in the spiritual realms. That's where our battle is. It's, it's there. It's not in the physical realm. We don't want to do battle here. We need to do battle on our knees before God and, and find and get the victory in our lives in the spiritual realm but also the enemy comes to steal from us then spiritually and physically and in every other way so if you've had a breakthrough he's going to try and get it from you 
We need to be aware of that so that we're not caught off guard when that happens. And the third thing that happens is that breakthroughs lead to breakthroughs. Every breakthrough that you have in your life is meant to lead to another breakthrough for you in your life. It's not just for this one event for you. It leads to something else. And that's a principle of life. We're at our end of our Christian walk. Whatever you have, you gain, you now know how to gain more with it. Listen, understanding leads to greater understanding. You get some wisdom, you now know how to get more wisdom. When you step out in faith in something and you experience an answer from God by faith, you now know how to use your faith to step out with God in other ways. We have this process that happens in our lives that is when we experience a victory, when we experience a breakthrough, it will lead to more and to more and to more. And that's where God wants us to do. That's where God wants us to go. It's a matter of being able to break through and to recognize that the breakthrough I had is, okay, it's not time for me to quit right now. I'm not stopping at this point. I need to keep keep going. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans not to harm you, but to give you a hope and a future. God's got plans not just for now with your breakthrough. He's got plans to take you and to move you forward in your breakthrough, for your future. And so your breakthrough is meant to cause you to keep going ahead. And breakthrough leads to breakthrough. So those three things I talked about are introduced at least a couple of weeks ago, but I needed to touch on them again because they are important because today we're going to talk about staying on track, how to stay on track and to follow the plan and the purpose that God has for us when we accomplish things in our lives and God starts to work in us and through us. It's important that we do it. It's important that we move ahead and keep going and moving and not become complacent and sitting down and fading away from what really is important along with it. So let me give you this first as we're going through and so we can understand where it is. We're going to look at the book of Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Let me read these for you here. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a large crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. He now is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. We are to continue running our race. We get the breakthrough That's the goal for us to start running our race. We're living the life God has for us. And living our life is a life of constantly moving ahead in what God's doing. One of the things that's constant, perhaps the only thing that's ever constant, is change. And right now we live in a world that is fighting so many different changes in so many different ways. And we're moving ahead or trying to move ahead or not knowing how to move ahead depending on where we're at. Change is going to happen. But when change happens, we've got the ability, particularly by the power of God working in us and the spirit of God that's alive in us, to know how to address that change, to know how to move and to act with it, and to get God to start to change us as things around us are changing. What happens out here is not nearly as important as what happens in here. 
This is the key for us to be able to move ahead, to know that God is working in us. He's giving us breakthrough in our lives, but he's also showing us how to deal with everything that's happening out there. We can freak out by all of that, but he wants us to stay at peace because of what he's got in here. We cannot know or have any, any certainty about what's going to take place or how it's all going to work out. We, we can get frustrated with all of that, and we often do. We look at this, and we look at that, and we see this problem here and that problem there. We can get frustrated with all of those things, but if we realize that God's given us peace inside here, then we can deal with that. We let that affect here rather than here should affect that in our perspectives. And God says, I want you to have peace. I want you to have this breakthrough in your life so that you can trust me no matter what's going on out there. I want you to have this breakthrough in, light in your life so that you know I can, I'm going to be with you no matter what takes place out there. And the strength of God will give us the ability to deal with the change out there, but also there's change that needs to take place inside of us as we're going through it. When we're talking about running our race there's really two things that happen. The first step in, in running our race really is this. It started out with really with God pursuing us. God came along and he decided and he was going to come and he was going to chase us down and he was going to get a hold of us. He came after us initially. In the book of Luke, chapter 19, verse 10, it says, the son of men came to seek and save those who were lost. God was seeking you out. He sought you out. He was reaching out for you. He chased you down. That's how you came into a relationship with him. And then we come to that place where we have this relationship with God. We, we experience the fullness of God working in our lives. And all of a sudden we go, hey, this is really cool. I've been, I, I have now this relationship because I've accepted Jesus Christ as, as my Lord. I've, I, I have the forgiveness of sins. I'm on my way to heaven. Glory be, this is a really cool thing, and I'm going for it. And we have that that's going for us, and we think it's really cool, and it's great, and it is. It's the most wonderful thing in the world. However, that's not all there is. There's more. There's more. And as we start to work ahead, we start to see what that salvation does for us. Because it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it, says, it tells us that this means that anyone anyone and everyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and the new one has begun. The old life is gone and the new one has begun. We are different because of Jesus Christ in our lives. We, we, we are different than what we were before. And it is important that we embrace that. One of the challenges for some people, and actually, quite frankly, for many people, is that they want the salvation, but they don't want to have to change. They want salvation. They, they want this, this to be able to get away from, from hell, but they don't want to change. The difference really is this. Many people will, pre, will repent enough to be saved, but they will never submit enough to be changed. And that is important for us to know and to get through in our lives. We need to be able to go through the process of change. Because when we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, we are saying, God, you are my Lord and you are now in charge of my life. You, I, I give you control of me. I give you control to start working in my life. I give you the authority to start working in my life. But then we pull it back and we say, but don't change me too much. 
And so when we let that happen, we start to go to church because it's more of a social club. Our friends are there. So we go to be with our friends. And believe me, I miss getting together with all of you on Sunday mornings. I miss getting together with friends. The Bible tells us that we should be getting together as groups and worshiping him. We need to do that. So I'm not knocking that. But what I'm saying is that if the, re- the main reason you go to church is to be with your friends, then you're missing it. We're missing it. Because God's got so much more for us, so much more that he wants to do to be able to bring about in our lives so that we can be able to move forward in everything that he's doing in our lives. God's plan is always for more. In Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 to 6, and I'm going to read this from the Passion Translation. It says, it says this, And he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. Because of his great love, he ordained us so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. So that's the first part. He says, I've chosen you. And now you come before me and you have no stain. There is, you are, you are clean. All of your sins have been removed. All of your past has been forgiven. All of that has been moved away so that you don't have to hang on to it anymore. That's an, that's an incredible thought. Listen, my past is behind me and God has forgiven it. And the, God has moved that out of my life right now. And it's no longer being held against me. God is not condemning any one of us. He's not, <laughs> this is just so cool. God is not condemning you. God is not against you. God is for you and he loves you and he wants you to know that he is there with you to help you all along the way. This is the grace and glory and power of God. He wants us to move into the things that are so important. He wants us to experience what's so important. He doesn't want us to stay in this place over here where just, okay, I'm a Christian, but I'm not want to move from this, but because I don't feel worthy of God to work in me or to teach me or to show me or to love me or to be with me or to help me. I'm not, I don't want to be in this. I'm just, I'm just going to be over here. And if I can just be quiet, and stay here long enough and work really, really hard to try to be as good as I can, then maybe, maybe I can know I will get to heaven. That's not what God wants. That, being in that place is not what God wants. He wants us to understand that we are this new creation. It goes on in verse 5 of Ephesians 1. For it, is, it was always his perfect plan to do to adopt us as his delightful children through our union with Jesus, the anointed one, so that his tremendous love that cascades over us would glorify his grace. For the same love he has for his beloved one, Jesus, he has for us. And this unfolding plan brings him great pleasure. The unfolding plan of God to be able to move in our lives to teach us what he wants us to have and what he wants us to be. There's an unfolding plan for your life. God has an unfolding plan right now for you where you are. And it's not a scary plan. It's not. But what he has is he's saying none of us should stay where we are. We need to be running our race. And in order to run your race, you have to keep moving You can't stay where you are. You have to keep moving until you get to the finish line. And the finish line for us is when we get to be with him in heaven. 
That's, that's our finish line. But until then, we are running our race. I, I, was a, I, I ran track in high school. I, I enjoyed running track in high school, but I was never a long-distance runner. And I think I've told you before, I'm not a long-distance runner. I was a sprinter. And the reason I was a sprinter is I liked to run for 15 seconds and then be able to stop. That was what I liked to be able to do. I was not a long-distance runner. But what we have in this race that we're running with God, this is a race that goes on throughout all of our lives. This is not a sprint. This is a long-distance run. The important part in all of this, though, is that we're not running it by ourselves. Last week, Pastor Joel, Pastor Joel talked about the presence and power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, how the Holy Spirit comes and he starts to work inside of us, how he starts to teach us, how he starts to give to us the, the understanding of the power of God within us. And within that power of the Holy Spirit that is there within us, he changes us. Now, let me just tell you a little bit about the Holy Spirit, because sometimes we get this mixed up too. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the the Trinity, are one. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We talk about the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when when I leave, I will send you the Holy Spirit, and you will have power to be my witnesses. In Acts chapter 1, you will will have power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. So when the Holy Spirit came and the disciples, as they were in the upper room, bang, there was this tremendous pouring of power, and it came inside of them. That same Holy Spirit comes and lives inside of you and me the moment we are born again. There is a, the reality is the Holy Spirit comes. But sometimes we need to think of it in a little bit different way. Because the Father and Jesus and the Holy Spirit are one, it's not just the Holy Spirit that comes and lives inside of us. We've got the power of Jesus inside of us. It's the same So when we look at the miracles that Jesus did, when we look at the wisdom that Jesus had, when we look at the ability to teach and to love that Jesus had, that same power that Jesus had is inside of you and me. So when it gets there inside of us now, when we are born again by the Spirit of God, we are born again and that comes and resides in us, man, all of a sudden we have the ability to be different. We have the ability to be new as we are told that we are, we are this new creation. We have the ability now to live it because there's a power inside of us that we never had before. And as we start to walk and live in this new power, there is strength and victory that there can come. And the breakthroughs that we've been talking about come not because of our strength, but because of the power and presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is what God wants to do. This is what he plans for us. He always has more for us. So salvation is the beginning, but it's never the culmination of our walk with God. Too many times we think we've come this far. I got saved. I've got this relationship with God. I'm not going to burn in hell. Thank you, Jesus. And I don't want to worry about too much more. I I don't want to... I don't want to get too crazy about this Jesus thing. I, I don't want to get wrapped up in trying to, to study too much, and, and I got too many other things to do. Uh, even now, there's no, hockey's not on, and there's no football, and there's no baseball. There's no none of that. I still have too many things to do. 
God wants us to move ahead. It's, it's a constant change that he has. And we've got this power of the Holy Spirit in us that gives us the power to live and to love like Jesus did. So when we start now to move through, we start to see and understand that we grow because of the Spirit within us. We grow because we begin to let the Spirit work in us. Now, the key for us to being able to grow is that while salvation is just the beginning and not the culmination, as the Spirit begins to grow, as we begin to grow because the Spirit is in us, what happens is that in order for us to be able to grow, we have to submit. I know, isn't that a terrible word? (laughs) So many people, when they hear the term submission, they just go, nobody's going to tell me what to do, man. No, uh uh-uh. And part of it becomes because we don't understand what submission is. We don't really understand how it works. So let me show you a couple things here that might do it. So first of all, this is how many people view submission. They view that, okay, if I'm going to submit, I'm going to be put inside of this jar, and I'm going to be put inside of some mold that they want me to be in, and then they're going to clamp a lid on top of it here, and they're going to screw the lid down tight, and then whatever happens... I'm going to have to put up with it all along the way, and I'm going to get rattled and tossed and knocked around, and I don't want to be constrained by anything or anyone. I, I, I got to be me. I got to be me. I, I want to be me, okay? And so I can't be me if I got the lid on me. And so we look at submission and say, I don't even like the word. I don't want to submit to that. But you know, that's not what the Bible's talking about when we talk about submission. That's, that's the viewpoint that most of us have, but that's not what the Bible's talking about. It's not talking about being stuck in a mold. It's not talking about uh, becoming cookie-cutter Christians where we have to live and do and be in everything around us. That's not what it means to submit because submission is not... A lid. Submission is a covering. It's a protection. It's what's on us to protect. And it looks kind of cool. But submission is on us. It covers us. It protects us. So when things start to come against us, I'm submitted to God. I'm under his protection. Psalm 91 talks about being under the protection of his wings. And that psalm has become so popular over the last while, particularly during the coronavirus and all the challenges that we've got, because we know that we are under the protection of God's wings. But we are only under the protection of God's wings if we submit to him. We can do this. I don't want to go under there. And then we wonder why we're getting rained on. We wonder why everything is getting dumped on us. And we're we're not, you know, God, where are you? What's going on? And because we've not submitted to him. When we submit to him, all of a sudden this comes over and it covers us. And now, oh, okay, now I get it. Submission to God is covering by God. And as we submit to him, he is able to cover us and to show us what it means to be under his care. And under here, all of the things that are coming against us bounce off, but all of the grace and power and blessings and breakthroughs flow. They're the only thing that comes through. 
is God's covering over us as we submit to him. The process of submission, the process of being submitted to God is one that we choose to do. And it's the next step that comes after salvation. Are you going to submit yourselves to God? Are you going to put yourself in the place where you will say, okay, God, I will, I will do what you want me to do and I will be what you want me to be. I will, I will learn from you. I will give to you. I will give to you my heart. I will give to you my soul. I will give to you my being. And Father, I submit myself to you so you can start to teach me. If you want to maintain your breakthrough, and if you want to run your race, the only way that you will have your breakthrough is when you are submitted to God. And so we submit to God, we get our breakthrough, but then, as I said, you learn, breakthrough leads to breakthrough. If you stay under that submission, you go, hey, I obeyed God's word. I, I sought him out, and I prayed, and I believed, and I took steps of faith, and I got the breakthrough. Hey, I learned how to do that, and I saw that. Okay, now, there's another area here that I need to see a breakthrough in. And so guess what? I'm going to do the same thing. And you're staying under the covering of God when you do what he tells you to do. And that's, where, that's why breakthrough leads to breakthrough. That's why faith leads to faith. That's why, that's why when you start to see and experience miracles in your life, you're going to see more miracles in your life because you're functioning and working under the submission to God. We work through this, prow, this power of God in our lives. We start to see his goodness working upon us and we start to see the grace that God wants to do. And not only that, do we see God working, but in James chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, it says this, Submit yourselves then to God and resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come, here, come near to God, and he will come near to you. See, when you start to resist the devil, when you start to get to the place where you say, uh-uh, I ain't, I'm not going to take any of your stuff. I am not want any of your lies. When we stop letting what's happening out here affect what's happening in here, when we stop letting the doubts and the fears and the anxiousness of everything around us that's out there affecting us in here, we can say, uh-uh, devil, you're not going to do it because he's going to sit there and he's going to whisper in our ear. Look at the temptation of Jesus. The tempta- Jesus had been out fasting. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and then Satan took and tested him three times. And the three tests that Satan gave to him were not tests within, him, within himself. They were nothing, not battles within him. They were tests from the outside. I will give you food. I will give you power. Show me who you really are. Those were the tests. They were things that were coming from out here. And Jesus had just been fasting. He's going to worry about food. Jesus was feeling weak. He'd been fasting for 40 days. He was feeling weak. I will give you power. Who are you really? I I want you to know right now that when we submit ourselves to God, that's when we start to see his work coming in on us. That's when we start to see his grace and his goodness beginning to open up to us. That's when we start to listen. It's called sitting at the feet of Jesus. And as we sit at the feet of Jesus, we generally come before him and, and 
they sit and they listen and we want to hear him. We need to hear what Jesus is saying to us. We need to spend the time at his feet, allowing him to start to speak into us. We need to know what he wants to pour into us and what he wants to show us and not have us going out to try and get it from him. We keep telling him too much. We talk too much. We honestly talk too much. And what we really need to do is just to stop and listen and let God speak to us and start to build into us what we need to have so that we know how to run our race so that we know how to move forward, so that we know how to get our breakthroughs, not only to get our breakthroughs, but to keep our breakthroughs and to move on to more and more and more breakthroughs in our lives so that we can start to fulfill the call that we have to run our race and to impact the people around us for Jesus Christ. That's what we need to do. There's, and that opportunity is here for us because of the reality of the Holy Spirit within us to show us and teach us, but we have to stop and listen to what he's saying. We have to let the Holy Spirit teach us and guide us. We have to be obedient to what he says. And we have to submit ourselves to God. I want to give you three essential verses for staying on track. Three verses that will, if you have these, and these have been, if you've been in my life group at all, you know these three verses. These three verses are, I believe, key for us to be able to live the life God's called us to be and to be able to stay on track where God wants us to go and what he wants us to accomplish in our lives. Three verses out of the New Testament. Number one, Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. We are to start first and foremost that we to know that we are loving God. And by loving God it's just it's not just oh I just, I love him so much. It's not that kind of love. It's God, I love you. I want to be in relationship with you. I, I want to be be able to be in touch with you. And and in this relationship I want to hear you. I want you to tell me what you want and what you need from me. God, I want I want to know what you're wanting to do in my life. And I love you enough to obey what you say to me. I, I, I love you enough to submit myself to you to let you begin to work in my life because I need your covering. And I'm so grateful that you offer that covering to me. I'm so grateful, God, for what you offer and you give to me. So love the Lord your God. And then love your neighbor as yourself. Be able to take the strength and the wisdom to live and to love people around you we see today in the situation, particularly in the United States, but it's throughout the world, the problem with racism that has overcome so much of this world and people against people and people putting down people and people looking at people wrongly and, and it's got to stop. Jesus wasn't racist. Jesus loved people. One of the greatest commands that we get from God is to love people. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is just anybody else who is around you. We are to love them, to care about them, to respect them, to honor them for who they are as God's creation, being created in the image of God. You don't have to like necessarily what a person does sometimes. But when it comes to racism... It's not about race. It's not about, it's, it's not about the culture. It's not about ethnicity. It's not about those things. It's about this person. Colors doesn't matter. It's about this person 
who is created in the image of God. And we recognize that their background and their culture is different than ours. And we accept that and we love that about them. But we recognize that they are God's child just as we are. And we need to respect them. Loving our neighbors as ourselves. That's what God's commanded us to do. That's how God's commanded us to act and react to people around us. We need to be able to love God and love our neighbors and do what God wants us to do. The second verse comes out of Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, be transformed, pardon me, it says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. In other words, if you're going to love God and you're going to love people, you, gotta ha- you have to have your mind changed and transformed in order for you to be able to do that because there's so many things in your minds to begin with that don't agree with what it means to love God and submit to God and to love people and care for people. We, we have so many other things over here on this side of the scale from the old way of thinking, from the old person that we were, that it would, would cause us problems with this. So in order for us to be able to get to the place where we are loving God and loving people, we are obeying God and serving people, we are submitting ourselves to God, we need to have our minds renewed. And that renewing of the mind comes as a matter of choice for you and me. We choose to have our minds renewed. We choose, the Bible says. You choose. You get your mind renewed. You have to submit to God and let the Holy Spirit, which is within you, begin to teach you. And God's Word begin to teach you. And you're spending time with God, and He's teaching you what it means to be this new creation, this new creature that God has for you, so that you can run the race that God has set before you by loving God and loving people. And then the third verse is found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added to you. When we are sitting at the feet of Jesus, learning from him, when we are spending time in prayer before Jesus, when we want to experience who he has, we spend so much time trying to tell him what our needs are, what our wants are, what our desires are, and it becomes a monologue of us to him. We need to let him Speak to us. Because the scripture says, when we seek first his kingdom, when we, when we decide, God, I want, I want your breakthrough in my life, and I want my break, your breakthrough to come into me so that I can start to do and be what you need me to do and be so that I can build your kingdom by, by being an example of what it is to love you and to serve you. I can have that in my life, and it can be real in my life, and people can see it being real in my life, and people start to be changed because of your work in me. God, I want to do that. I want to be part of that. I want, to, I want to see these things happen around me. When we do that, we seek his kingdom. He's promised us. But all the other things that we worry about will be taken care of as well. That verse in Matthew comes right after. He talks about, you see the flowers? Don't worry. They don't worry about what to wear because God clothes them. You see the birds? They don't worry about what to eat because God feeds them. And then he says, Love the Lord your God. Seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom. Love him. Seek him. And then do that first. And then all these other things, all these other things will come back and be there for you. When we start to do that, we can start to walk this walk. We can start not only to walk our walk, we can start to run our race. And when the enemy comes to try and steal our breakthroughs, we can say, "Uh uh-uh. No, you can't take this breakthrough from me. 
God's broken through in my life. He's shown me his power, his grace, and his goodness, and he's made a change in my life. And devil, you can't take this from me because God has done it. And the Holy Spirit is within me to give me strength to stay on this track. And I'm not only, not only am I going to hang on to the breakthrough that I've had, I'm, it's going to become stronger in me. And not only that, I'm going to find another breakthrough. And another breakthrough. And another breakthrough. Because God has got plans for me. God's got things set out for me in my life to be able to move ahead along the way. I am not going to be stagnant. I will not stay where I am. I will keep moving and I will experience the goodness and the fullness of God in all the ways he wants to work in me and through me. It's the grace of God shining through us that gives us that strength and the presence of his spirit within our lives. That's what we need to do. So this morning, gang, stay on track. God has set before you a race, a race that you are to run it's a race that we run every day of our lives. It's, it can feel exhausting at times because it's a long race. But we've got a God who comes and says he will comfort us and give us strength when we are weary and tired. He will come and help us. It can get frustrating at times when we don't see the answers as, as quickly as we'd hoped. But God says, don't worry. I'm working behind the scenes. I'm working behind the scenes. Trust me. Let your faith be well. Let your faith be strong. Keep going. Keep going. And when you get to the end of it, you will get your reward. God is working with you and for you. If God has provided a breakthrough in your life in the last while, embrace it. Hang on to it. But don't stay there. Move on to the next thing that God has for you. There's more. If you're still waiting for your breakthrough and you're still saying, I've been praying, I've been believing, I've been searching, and it doesn't seem like God's doing anything. God is. He's working behind the scenes and your breakthrough is coming. I guarantee you, your breakthrough is coming as long as you remain submitted to him and the power of the Holy Spirit you let working in you to teach you and guide you. Let him speak to you. Let him love you. Let him bless you. Can we pray together? where you are now and in your homes, wherever you are. Let's just pray together. God, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you don't send us down here to just muddle through life on our own and to fall and trip and suffer. But Father, you come and you've given us, you've given us hope. You've given us life. You've given us strength. And Father, you give us purpose and direction and the power for breakthrough in our lives. And you give us what we need to be able to run this race that you set before us. So God, I thank you for that. I thank you for that. And I pray this morning for everyone who's listening, that Lord, you will speak love and life into them right now, that Father, you will make us all able to listen to you more clearly and effectively in our lives. We will hear your voice. We will know what you're saying. And that, Father, we will submit to you so that your covering is over us. And we can move into the place you want us. Thank you, Father. I speak a blessing over every home, over every family, over every individual today, that your spirit and your grace will anoint them and touch them and bless them. 
In the name of Jesus, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Morning, church. Dan, thank you so much. Thank you for your inspiration and that challenge uh, for us to keep pressing in and pressing on. And so, church, what we're going to do is share communion together. And what I want to just make some space right now is for you to get the bread and the cup and get yourselves settled. So go ahead and just take a few moments right now, and we'll jump in here in a moment. And so just as we are preparing to share in communion, that, that remembering, that engaging in the new covenant, which is the bread and the cup, I just want to invite you to listen. Listen for how God has been speaking to you this morning uh, as, as we worshiped, as Dan shared that word. Listen to, to the invitation that God has for you. God is always speaking. It's so essential that we're listening and that we have our ears tuned into him so that we can respond, so that we can move the direction and the way that he invites us. And so if you have your Bibles, I'm going to be reading in Luke 22. And so, Father, I just pray that you would, um, Lord, Lord, we invite you, we invite you to make our hearts ready. We invite you to speak into every place in our lives. Let your truth pour over us. Let it wash away. Let it cleanse any lies any deception, anything like that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And so 22, verse 14, Luke twenty-two, fourteen. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table, and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. So there's this preparation that Jesus is saying, and he's looking ahead. He's looking far ahead, beyond even where we are in this, in this moment. And he took bread, he gave thanks and broke it and gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so church, just invite you to take the bread and to share it around and just take a moment right now and hold it. And as you hold it, as you hold this bread, which is the body of Jesus, remember, remember the love that he has for us. Remember the sacrifice. Remember that, that he paid for our lives. It was a price. And so, Father, we just pause right now. We remember you. We remember your life. We remember your death. We remember your resurrection, Lord. And we remember and, and acknowledge that when we speak you as Lord of our lives, 
that everything falls into place and that we are made new. Thank you, Lord. And so I invite you to take and eat, church. Is having a conversation with a friend uh, just today, actually, and he was sharing with me uh, this research and this this film that that was done. And I haven't actually seen it yet. I only have little pieces of it in my understanding, but it's called the the Wedding of Galilee, something along those lines. And it's all this research and study that's been that that's gone into understanding um, the context of Jesus. And so, when Jesus would speak in these parables or give these illustrations of weddings, wedding banquets, feasts, the people there would know. We don't always understand and as he was sharing this with me what he was what he was saying was that um, in as a as a build-up to the wedding ceremony the groom would give the bride a, a cup and it would be her role really to accept it and receive it and, and as she received it uh, it was this acknowledgement of this this pledge this commitment this um, this covenant of, of the the wedding that and the marriage that was to come and when he was sharing that with me, there was something so significant uh, when he said it was, it was her role to receive it. And that's the same. We, we are called the bride of Jesus. That, that's our role as the church. And what we do as we participate in this, this new covenant in, in communion is what we're doing is we're saying we, we receive what you've offered us, what you've given to us, Jesus. And so I'm, I'm going to read this scripture. And as you drink, I, I want you to, to, to visualize the significance of, of receiving what God has done, receiving the sacrifice that Jesus made, receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. In the same way, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. And so church, just, just take a moment right now, hold, hold the cup in your hands, and I want you to visualize God offering this cup, this new covenant, the blood of Jesus poured out for us. Visualize God offering it to you, and, th and then I just want you to receive it. Receive it in and hold it for just a moment. So we thank you, Lord. There's nothing, there's nothing else we can do but to say thank you as we receive this gift. And so we love you, Jesus. We remember you. We acknowledge you. We look to you. So just invite you, church, take and drink.
Amen. Amen, church. So good, so good to gather together. We're together, we're together because of what Jesus did. And so I I want to encourage you right now, as Dan was speaking, as we were worshiping, God was speaking to us, is there an area, is there something that's pressing on your heart that you want somebody to journey with you, to pray with you? Now do that in your community groups. If, If there's something right now that we can pray with you about, we have a team set up who's waiting. All you have to do is click on that pray button there and we'll join you. And we're also going to just take a moment right now and give. And uh, this is our offering. This is our our joyful gift back, acknowledging that all things come from God. We're stewards. And so let me pray, and then we'll move into ministry time. Lord, you are, are here. You're moving among us. You're calling us. And so I just pray, Lord, that you would open our eyes to see that you would give us courage to take steps Take steps so that we can walk in and live in your fullness. And so we pray your hand on each person who's here. We pray your hand on the gifts, on our offering. Would you multiply it, Lord, so that we can do your work? We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, church. Uh, Again, uh, love you, bless you, and we will see you really soon.